Welcome to the Spiral Postmatch, a brand new podcast providing instant reaction to Leinster and Ireland rugby games. On our first episode, we talk Leinster's bonus point win away to Zebra. Right, so here we are towards the end of the Leinster game doing our first ever post-match reaction podcast. Um, a little sneaky white lie is that this is post-match. It actually isn't. Um, I'm Nathan. I'm my, my brother, Elliot, who does this with me. Hi, Az. How you doing? Not too bad, mate. How's it going? He's got the Bristol game to work. He's commentating on that at 7.45. So there's actually about a few minutes still left in the Leinster game when we're recording. Um, so when we're talking about tries, etc., we will update as we go. But yeah, yeah. so we're just... Uh, we're going to talk you through some of our thoughts. We're going to say where the, where we thought the game was won or lost at this stage. Leinster comfortably going to secure a bonus point win they away look, in Italy. They look like they're going from deep here as well, which could be fun. Um, and yeah, so we're going to talk about our thoughts, where the game was won, was won or lost. Give a quick overview of the scores. Um, mistakenly, I came up with a structure where we talk through in a, bit, a little bit of detail some of the tries but Leinster scored quite a lot of tries tonight and the game still isn't over so um, I didn't really think that one through um, considering the opposition um, no disrespect of, of course and then we're going to talk through the tries and then three up three down three positives three negatives um, and then we'll wrap it up just a quick 15-20 minute post-match reaction so Els first things first um, what have Leinster done well where, have, where, where has this game been won tonight I think Zebra, they started off the game quite well. They they worked themselves into it. They got Leinster's discipline in the first half, in the opening stages of the first half wasn't great. Um, Soroka being binned for that was um, sort of, that sort of just highlighted everything that was wrong with Leinster's discipline. And um, yeah, but Le- Leinster, they just built themselves back into it. They gained a bit of territory, a bit of possession, worked themselves back up the field. And look, Harry Burns has been instrumental in everything and Dave Carney's finishing has just been unreal like he's, 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 it's, it's something that's so underrated but it's been really really impressive and he's bagged himself a hat-trick tonight yeah I think the thing for me is watching the first 15 minutes I got real Dragons game vibes uh, in terms of mm. a lot of ill discipline mm. early they kick into a lead and it wasn't quite as bad as the Dragons I think the Dragons were 9 or 12 nil up at some point before we hit back around the 20 minute mark um, we were only 6 nil down when, when we hit back through Dan Sheehan's first score um, so the, 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 the little bit of ill-discipline um, towards the start is a little bit frustrating and it's beginning to be a little bit of a pattern during the Six Nations period where we had kind of have that slow start but like you said once once we start holding onto the ball um, and mm. we start building through the phases um, particularly around the around that tight game where you know Leinster are just so good we look we look very comfortable um, yeah. it's in- interesting what you said about the Zebra I think their scrum half is looking really good tonight Renton um, he does something that we've kind of spoken about before um, that all good nines do in that when they carry um, they really challenge the first defender and they force him to make a decision whether to commit to him or to commit to the forward runner outside um, and as a result Zebra actually have got quite some quite good ball from that tonight with their forward runners in terms yeah, of that for sure for sure right like Renton it's just a way that he steps and commits that pillar defender like you say and it's these subtle things that are quite often hard to notice like little dummy passes like half dummies almost and um yeah, they 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 do really they they do more than you think to just take what a defender out of the game before you um pass to a pod, pass to your ten, whoever whoever the nine might be passing to, and Re- and Renton was really good at that tonight. It's something Luke McGrath does really well. I think he's one of actually the better players out of the four provinces in terms of the scrum halves at doing that. It's something we see Antoine Dupont do a lot mm. for France. I mean, he does it the flair. He does it with his next level with his no look inside balls. You know, he doesn't just run at a defender and then with a sh- throw a short pop. It's 
the range of passing that comes from that is incredible. Um, Zebra's 10 also looks good. Ritzy, he's another young guy um, of a similar age to, to Garbizzi, the current Italian out-half. So they could have some they could have two pretty good out-halves going forward for the next 10 years or so. A couple of similar problems to Garbisi, though, like you mentioned in our piece yesterday. Some of the clearing kicks were a bit mind, or just a bit pointless. There might have been more poor execution with Zebra, but it still seems to be something in common with the two tens, um, two young tens at the moment, which is poor um, exit kicks. I think that's generally the pattern with the young out-halves, though, isn't it? Is that... You know their skill set and their work on the ball in terms of the running threat and handling ability is what gets them noticed and then kind of the last thing to develop with these young guys is, is their game management mm, i mean i guess so, that was yeah. something we said about joey carberry a couple of years ago it was oh this this kid is great at beating defenders with his feet and, and his handling and his passing but you know he needs to learn how to manage your game so i think you know if, if your main gripe with a young 10 is that he still needs to work on his kicking out of hand i think that is something that that, oh, that, of course, that develops with experience of course um but yeah an interesting interesting to see how you know do italy get any better as they get these two young 10s coming through um so yeah we mentioned their first half leinster Hill discipline a couple of nice zebra touches but when leinster held onto the ball um they looked really good i mean Look, we're talking a lot about Zebra here, but Leicester did score four tries before the break. Yeah. Um, second half is a completely different game, isn't it? The game is just completely broken up. Zebra got a card, a uh, yellow card, in around the 55-minute mark, I think it was. Pierre Bruno got binned for a for a deliberate knock-on. Correct, rightly so. He denied a, a line break down the wing. And um, Leicester were obviously ruthless during that period. And then since then, the game is broken up, and that's really suited Leicester. They've really kept the ball alive. They've looked to run from deep. Um, and you know it's it's gotten a little bit out of hand in terms of some of the scores, um, but it's been it's been really good to watch. I mean, obviously, the competition of the game hasn't been great, but you know, with the narrative around the national team and their attack at the moment, it's it's just really refreshing to see, you know, a young Leinster team really trying to keep the ball alive mm, and play yeah. play from all over the park. Yeah, they managed that Sindin period Leinster much better than. Um Zebra did it in the first half where it, was, it never really looked like it was 15 against 14 when Soroka was in the bin whereas whereas when when uh, Bruno got binned it was it was a lot more what we what like you said we scored two tries we scored two tries so it was yeah we managed that much better than Zebra did and that was another one of the um one of the many sort of areas of the game where Leinster just um were so much better than Zebra I think the key thing there is possession um we did we didn't let Zebra have the ball really when Alex Soroka was in the bin, um, I know you mentioned it earlier, but in case anyone hasn't been watching the game, he got sent to the bin for a for a high tackle in the first half. We didn't let Zebra have the ball during those ten minutes, whereas no. during these ten minutes, Leinster have absolutely dominated possession. I mean, you can say that's a conscious tactic during the sin bin respective sin bin period if you want, but at the end of the day, that's just what Leinster do against sides. Mm. They um they just hold on to the ball. They're a possession based team. Something we haven't mentioned yet is uh, Dan Sheehan's performance. Christ, he's been really good. He's um his, his offloading as well has been quite impressive. He's, he's just got he reminds you a little bit of Sean Cronin with just his pace, of, uh, just across the ground, across the. It's just it's, it's so quick in everything he does. And there's been questions about his his, his line out throws, but that seems to have been all right tonight. I don't think I did, I don't recall a not straight throw. I could, yeah. I could be wrong. So there was one. Um, there was one in the first half that was not straight, and then there was. Look, I'm not a line-out expert. Whenever, whenever a jumper doesn't get in the air, I don't know if that's a calling problem, mm. a lifting problem, or a hooker problem. Um, so as far off the top of my head, that he's missed two of his throws, one of which may or may not have been his fault. Um, but yeah, it's interesting you talk about his pace there. I don't think he has the Sean Cronin pace. I mean, no one does. But what's interesting is that he's much taller. He's six foot three, which is you know considerably above average for a hooker. 
I'm not a scrum guru. I don't know whether having that height is an advantage or a disadvantage playing in the front row. But you add that height with that speed in the loose. Um, like you said, his carrying work has been phenomenal. He's just a really, really strong power athlete. He makes lives very, very difficult for defenders in the co- in the collision. And then, like you said, some of the offloads he's thrown tonight have been have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think if this was a bigger game with more people watching it, maybe some of the some of the reaction on Twitter would uh, would be a lot a lot more noteworthy. This mm. this would be catching a lot more attention. Um, yeah, I'm glad we spoke about Sheehan. I'm kind of disappointed he got pulled after 55 minutes. I think if he played longer than that, you know, if he got an hour in or even 65 minutes, I think he'd be a shoe in for man of the match. Um, that has to go to Dave Carney though. Just he scored a hat trick. Some of his finishing, especially with, I think it was the second try with the, the dive in the corner, just so good, so good to watch. It's like I said earlier, he's just such an underrated uh, finisher. Right, well, there's still a minute or two left in the game, so I'm sure we'll see it in a second who gets the player of the match. Um, you mentioned Carney's finishing there. Let's let's go on and talk about some of the tries. So six 0 down, Dan Sheehan. Just been talking about him. He pops up and scores. It was. Um, some really nice build-up. So we spoke about classic Leinster in the first half and the possession play. They responded going down 6-0 by just holding onto the ball, going through the phase after phase after phase. Classic Leinster um, works away from around the 10-metre line into the 22. Sheehan picks and goes from about 10 metres out and has a really, really good, you know, for a pick and go, it was a long-range finish in that he had a lot of work to do and he made a lot of ground. He wasn't diving over from inches out. It was about, you know, between 8 to 10 metres out, I reckon. Um, with a really good stretch to score, showed his power there. But what really impressed me there was the um, was the work in the build up. Scott Penny, it's just so clinical, yeah. His a... his his footwork going into the collision for me mm. is he's up there with, with I think Dan Levy is the best at Leinster at doing that in terms mm. of just close to the line, stepping your stepping your man. Penny's not far behind, I don't think. Um, and also Harry Byrne put in some really good carrying work in that phase play, which is good to see. It's always good to see your ten get stuck in. Second try was Keen Kelleher in the corner. Um, I really liked the fact that we didn't we we went into the twenty two with forwards picking and jamming like the first she and try, but then when the when it was on out wide, I think one criticism you could have of this Leinster team in the past is that when it's been on out wide, they've just kept it in the forwards regardless. And fair enough because nine times out of ten that leads to a score. But it's refreshing to see here Harry Burn called for the ball when it was on out wide, you know, threw the ball behind Jimmy O'Brien's decoy run to Roy O'Loughlin, all of a sudden the defence opens up and he just gives an easy pop to um Gallagher for the score in the corner. Yeah, we've seen a couple of really intelligent passes from uh, Harry Byrne. There was a particular delayed one. I'm not sure for what sport it was, but he seemed to have so much time, and that's probably a, more of a testament to the Zebra defence than it is to his talent. But we'll we'll not we'll pretend that it is. It's all Harry Byrne here. Um, but yeah, he's been taking the ball to the line really well. He's been throwing really flat passes, taking defenders out of the game. There's like he's just been so impressive, and um, yeah, every aspect of his game seems to seems to be clicking nicely yeah he's playing really really well at the moment um third try luke mcgrath charged down just classic not so much classic luke mcgrath in terms of him getting a charge down but in terms of having a really high work rate um, mm, mm, yeah. he, he drives the standards of the work it's, rate it's, of this team it's not always his uh work on the charge down like you say but it's uh it's it's quite often his trail runs but and he gets tries there as well but like it's just his work rate is just so good so so good yeah, he's been the stand-in skipper for much of these Six Nations games. Shame to see him injured, though. Yeah, not quite sure what happened there. He got pulled off 
just after the half time, I think. I mean, Hugh O'Sullivan's looked really good since he's come on. Um, interesting that Hugh has taken over kicking duties from Harry. I wonder what's going on there. Slotted a few there as well. Slotted one from the touchline. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous kick for for the scrum half. Who it was actually it was almost it was like inches away from the touchline as well, which was kind of the tightest conversion I've seen in a long time. Um, and this your replacement scrum half slotting now. It's a, it's always a good thing. Yeah, you love to see it. You don't love you? to see that. Um, bonus point try was your man Dave Carney that first finish the the fend around the outside he, mm. he picked up the ball from the 22 it was a, a brilliant flat pass from O'Loughlin to hit him in space yeah. O'Loughlin's actually been really good today with his distribution um, and Dave picked up the ball on the 22 backed himself to get around the last man on the outside I think he was actually oh, his old teammate Mick Carney who he fended off and beat on the outside to score from 20 metres out which was a really impressive finish yeah like uh, he's just he, uh, I've seen on so many different occasions Dave Carney finishing actually really strong he's not the biggest man in the world like, he's not someone like a, as physical as James Lowe out in the wing but he's I've, I've seen him finish through Naholo I've seen uh, he's just such a at the fend there for this score was really really impressive and um, yeah he's been good all, he's been good all, all the way through tonight What's interesting for me with Carney is that the stereotype around what circa 2014 Dave Carney was that Joe, he was a Joe Schmidt player because he was a nuts and bolts, chased high balls solid under them and made his tackles out wide um, without necessarily scoring that many tries. And I actually remember talking to a, a uh, one of the big ma- mainstream rugby journalists um, who just you know, lambasted Carney for saying he's a, he's a defensive winger who doesn't score any tries, he can't finish. Um, so, But in the twilight of his career, I don't want to say twilight because I don't think he's anywhere near done, but it seems in the last two years his finishing is really... He's added that string to his bow. Um, I don't think he was as bad as people said he was at it before, but he's really added that to his game. And mm-hmm. tonight was a display. As we're, you know, there's another one we need to talk about later, which, um, which was an even better finish than this one. Um, Zebra then hit back um, through Donofrio. They actually scored the first score of the second half. Um, so Leinster had four tries secured by half time. Uh, Zebra started the second half quite well. It was actually a little bit frustrating because Leinster nearly ran the length of the pitch with a, a break from Rory O'Loughlin and Sean O'Brien. But Key and Kelleher dropped the ball pass in the 22. But Zebra quickly came back the other end. Um, there was a break off a scrum by their scrum half. Renton, we spoke about how impressive he's been in exploiting space. Um, he got held up just short of the line. They threw the ball wide. Jamie Elliott threw a ridiculous skip pass to hit Donofrio and the wing. And just classic line break to the 22. Your defence gets narrow. They score out wide. Um, not a lot you can do about that. Dan Sheen, we spoke about how impressive he was. It was good to see him get on the end of a mall try. Not really a lot you could say there. We all, we know Leinster are very good at mauling. It was a long range maul. It was about you know it was close to it was from just inside the twenty two. So it's always good to see your maul make that much ground. Um, so good to see Dan get his try, and then Dave got his second. This was the the rugby league style finish. Do you want to talk us through that? So he's um, just gets the ball in a bit of space, and he's I'm struggling to remember the build up, but I remember the finish very well. Yeah, talk us um, through the finish. He's, it's a it's a race to the corner like we see so often, but so often you see just a toe or a foot and, or a ankle or whatever it is in touch, and because the opposition winger is just doing everything they can to to get you in touch, but it's the leap uh, that that controversial leap from the England game a couple of couple of weeks ago. This is a little this is a little bit different because he is actually leaping to score, and it's the leap in the air, and it's just keeping everything within the field of play and dotting down in the corner getting that getting that ball down before he before anything else any part of his body goes into touch which is just so impressive i'm using the same words to describe dave carney's performance tonight and dave carney's finishing but it, there's not much to, there's 
not many ways it can be described as other than really really impressive yeah i think what i really obviously the finish was incredible um you talk about the johnny may one against italy um this is very different to johnny may one because johnny may actually jumped over a tackler to score whereas dave is jumping forward and jumping flat for the line so i really have no issues with this trial oh no whatsoever. i'm not i'm not saying that there's an issue with it I'm, i was just likening jumping into the jumping into for the score as uh yeah two, as two different sort of similar things yeah fair enough um and i you know i hate using this cliche but you know if anyone hasn't seen it it's it's what they would call a rugby league finish that one where mm. your your two feet are over the touchline but in the air um just ridiculous piece of, piece of athleticism dave got his hat trick um leinster's it was leinster's one two three four five six seven eighth try i believe um yeah their eighth try i think you can check that second quickly. lowest point if that was a thing um yeah it was dave's hat trick just we talked about leinster's willingness to attack from deep um we've got a penalty in around halfway Byrne gets a call from the outside from Jamie Osborne that something's on. The Zebra haven't numbered up out wide. Um, Byrne takes it quickly, throws it to Osborne. Osborne breaks, delays the pass brilliantly to suck in about two or three defenders inside the 22 and sends Carney in. He's still got a ridiculous amount of work to do. Steps back inside, shows his power, powers through a couple of tackles and then reaches out. I think he was actually on his back at the time. He's on his back about two or three metres from the line and reaches mm. out over his head just to dot it down. Sort of momentum took him and then he just reached out, which was which was another similar to Dan Sheehan's score in the first half. But yeah, another reach. another really um, really impressive finish from him. The game is actually now finished. Um, we can't confirm Zebra actually finished with a with a late mall try. They scored since we since we started talking. So that the last try that we saw before recording was Dave's hat trick one. Since then, Zebra actually hit back with two tries. Um, one from Eduardo Bello. And uh, we'll get the name of the lad now of the of who scored Zebra's final try at the final play. But um, yeah, so it's a fair play. I mean, we spoke about how the second half could turn into a bit, a little bit of a bloodbath, and it was turning into a bit of a bloodbath. Tadia scored the last try. Well, two more tries to finish Tadia, uh, from Bello and Tadia. Um, the final score was 48-31. 48-31. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the score that scoreline makes the game sound a lot more competitive than it was. I mean, up. Up until the 65th minute in the second half, Leinster looked like they wouldn't stop. Um, so a little bit frustrating there that we let them come back into the game. Um, but yeah, so those are all the scores. So like we said, two more tries at the end. So let's finish off with our three up, three down um, in terms of you know, three positives, three negatives. Um, I'll, I'll go first with, my, with my, one of my ups. Um, Harry Burns restarts, man. Um, yeah. The hang time he gets on those. And it's a game, you know, we spoke earlier about his passing game, the way he takes the ball to the line, the way he's willing to ride a tackle and offload, etc., and how impressive all that is. But something that definitely won't get talked about is every time he puts the ball up, even if he kicks long into the 22, it's, it's not it's not just a case of the catcher takes it and gets smashed. It's contestable. There was a moment, there was a restart in the first half, I think it was, where he actually, the, the Leinster chasers stopped, were, were stopped underneath the ball for about two or three seconds. And that is just gives your chasers so much time so many opportunities to get into a good position to to win the ball and um yeah um it's just so impressive and so good so just to, to see that from your 10 it's just it's something small but it's something that gives your team every chance to get the ball back from from your own restart massive camera um massive um confidence boost for your team if you know every time that you line up for a restart because not, not you know most of the time you restart you concede it as well so if you've got that confidence boost knowing you've got a really good chance of winning the ball back it's just a big psychological boost yeah um second second up arrow goes to dan sheen i think um 
Uh, I'm not quite sure actually whether he got the man of the match in the end. Um, we'll check that on Twitter now. But he's he's our man of the match. I think um, he was absolutely incredible. And oh, then, I'd argue Carney, but we'll go on. We'll give it. Yo, a you you, you want to give it to Dave for his hat trick? Yeah, I think. Look, it's easy to give it to a lad who scored a hat trick. Yeah, you can't really give it to someone who got taken off in 55. Well, yeah, I'm not t- t- take nothing away from Don Sheehan's performance, but uh, but yeah, no, I think Dave Carney. At least he stayed on for the full match. He's <laughs> <laughs> a wing. Um, final positive up up arrow, so to speak. Um, you sick camera angle. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone who was watching the game would have seen this. They've they're um, similar to the one in the NFL, and they've adopted it in the the NBA as well. Sorry for interrupting, but it's to, if they can adopt that across all the rugby games that we watch on TV, that would be such a good, well, such well, a good addition. Let's actually explain it. Um, it's it's just, it's it's it must be a thing that Italian TV are trialing because I haven't seen it anywhere else in any other rugby coverage recently. Um, it's like a it's a touchline camera, where but not only is it is it from the touchline angle, it's the, the 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 quality of picture that comes from it is incredible. It's ultra four K high definition, whatever however you want to describe it. It's so good. I'm not a videographer. I have no clue. As my description of it just would have <laughs> told you all. But anyway, it's just really really cool. Um, and when they when the play goes down on that flank. And they have, you know, they're within meters of it, and they've got this ridiculously high quality camera. Um, it just shows the the fero- the ferocity of the collisions and the breakdowns, etc., in so much more detail. And I think um, it gives you, a, especially when we can't go to the stadium and watch games at the moment, it just gives it, it it heightens your appreciation for, you know, the ridiculous things that these guys are able to do, um, both athletic athletically. Um, yeah, so that. I think the best if you if you weren't watching the game, go watch the highlights and watch the first Carney try, the one with his big fend on the outside, because live they showed that try with this camera angle because he scored down the touchline. Um, and if you see that, you'll know what we mean. Um, three downs. You want to talk a little bit about discipline in the first half? Yeah, um, we've just allowed Zebra passage into the game, giving them good territory. Um, and then Soroka gets bin for a high shot, which I, I, I didn't think was too hard. Was too. Um, uh, you disagree with the cut with the color uh, of the card? No, no. As in, I, I, I they, they've obviously, I, I they, the referees understand the sanctions much better than me, and they went through the process. I, I think if it was, it was at the very most a yellow card. But um, if that's the rules, that's the rules. But I thought the initial shot wasn't nowhere near the neck or the head to head. It was not very much on the chest. No, but they got that right. They they took a couple of minutes to look at it. Um, Marius Matreya and he said, yeah, first point of contact was at the chest, but you've ridden up and you've hit him in the neck. Um, and it was a legal tackle to wrap, which is the key thing there. So I think, look, he's gone through the process with his Timo. He's got the decision right. Um, look, last week there's a bit of controversy with TMO intervention and maybe not going through the right process, etc. Um, so, but I think he's gone through the right process he's got the facts right in terms of his chest first and he's deemed that's a yellow card fair enough move on right decision I'm happy with that um, my other kind of down arrow um, was backfield coverage a little bit and when I say coverage I don't necessarily mean space because um, it wasn't like you know Ritzy was finding space in behind with his kicks whenever he decided to do but we just dropped four, about I think it was about four or five balls in the air tonight Max O'Reilly had a couple. Hugh O'Sullivan had one that was just no pressure at all. Um, I think Keen Kelleher dropped one as well in the first half. Um, and it wasn't the big problem as the game wore on, but in the first half it gave Zebra an entry into the game. So that was a little bit frustrating. And uh, yeah, I guess the last kind of negative was, uh, well, not really negative, but just a funny moment. Um, the 15th minute, if you do get a chance to go back at it, look at it. Um, Alex Soroka is 
trying to turn around to go back and support after a kickoff goes over his head and he just trips over himself I mean no one anywhere near him he just it's always scenarios to watch someone just absolutely stack himself yes yeah, he, he you know he he didn't cover himself in glory there I'm sure uh, if that gets picked up in a, in a Monday morning video review I'm sure he'll get lots of good natured stick for that alright I think that's probably about we've covered the main points there anything else you want to talk about before we go no I think we've covered just about everything we could really Jeff there's not too much left to from a game in Parma to, to talk about but it's a very good Leinster performance yeah yeah Really good performance. Um, conceded 30 points, which is a bit annoying, but a lot of those came in dead time when the game was long finished. Um, and about 12 of those came from needless penalties as well, which we can cut out. But yeah, so bonus point win for Leinster. Um, good result for, for the side as they come back um, and as they continue to prepare for that monster final. Um, cheers for listening. Thank you for listening to the Spiral Post-Match. To get all of our content, both written and podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Spiral 13, Instagram at The Spiral Rugby, and to like our Facebook page.